Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Sissy, you know that simplified planner that I got, Connie? I wrapped it up, and she said, What is this? It's not my birthday. I said, I know, but you will think it is when you open this up. (laughs) She lost her mind, and she loved it. I get it. I absolutely love mine. The cover is beautiful. The design is incredible, and it's so easy to use. I just feel more organized even carrying it around. And we Enneagram ones love to feel organized, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. The Simplified Planner has changed the lives of hundreds of thousands of women around the world because it's minimal and meaningful. The thought of getting and staying organized can feel really overwhelming, but the Simplified Planner can help move you from overwhelmed to empowered and from planning to progress. I bet that's why Connie loves it so much. And if you're not a paper planner person, Simplified has so many other beautiful products like notebooks, mugs, baby books, art prints, journals, and more. Perfect timing. Those would make great Christmas gifts for Connie. (laughs) Join me as I head on over to emilylay.com and use my code RAISING15 for 15% off your purchase at Simplified. Again, that's emilylay.com. And my code is RAISING15. We can't think of a better time than the Christmas season to have this couple on the podcast. Drew and Ellie Holcomb are incredible singer-songwriters, parents, and dear friends. Not only are these two amazingly talented, they exude creativity and joy. Make sure to listen in to the very end for a special Christmas performance by Ellie. Y'all, we have been so excited about having you two. And I was driving over here thinking about meeting y'all for the first time. And Ellie, I bet you were a junior in high school, I think sophomore I was. in high school. And yeah. I can still picture sitting on my bed up late at night talking with you at Hope Town. And I don't even remember all the things we were talking about. Just I love that. What on those a little difference cots. you made. <laughs> I know, I know. What a difference you made in that place so long ago and having no idea mm. all the ways that God would use you and then Drew would come into your life and use you and use y'all together and... Yeah, and I heard about this place as like, uh, you know, this sort of Narnia. Like it was just like, as soon as I kind of came into the Nashville LE fold, there was like this, you know, Daystar. And Daystar. It's like <laughs> spoken about in reverent hush tones. Oh, <laughs> well. It's oh, a magic man. place where children go yes. get healing. So. And parents too. Yeah. I mean, and it's so sweet because we've been here talking with y'all about our little ones mm. and read your books and listened to this very podcast. So this feels kind of like a full circle moment in a lot well, of ways. Yes, in a lot of ways. It's very <laughs> sweet. I sat in front of the door that was a song that your family wrote. May our God in heaven bless you. It was like oh, a, a blessing song. Yes, yes, it's painted on a door at Hopetown. And I sit in front of it every time we have worship. Isn't that oh. sweet? That's so I know. Much. It was like our I ending need to see a picture start of that. Crying yes, I know. I know. I'll send you a picture. Okay, I would love to see And that. my other big memory of you at Hopetown is you would always do that 
was it like Bobo Siotin something something song? Do you remember that? <gasps> oh my goodness, that's from an audiobook I listened to as, as a, a kid? like yeah kid. I just fell asleep to it. Icky picky vino, oh sim nimbo, oh I keep point. Yeah, it's like a little. It's just you like a, a kid with a really long name. There you go. And I thought that was hilarious as Aww. a kid, and apparently taught a lot of other. Kids. You taught a lot of kids. <laughs> yep, that was part of the difference you made. I love that. Will y'all tell us a little bit about your family? And we're so excited that we're talking about Christmas. That this is our Christmas episode, and even what Christmas looks like at the Holcomb house. So we have three kids. We have Emmy Lou, who is a fourth grader. She's uh, nine, almost 10. We have Huck, who is in first grade. He's just turned seven. And then we have Rivers, who's four, <laughs> and he's our wild man. Our house is a lot of energy, a lot of feelings, a lot of good things going on, a lot of adventures. A lot of dancing. A lot of dancing, a lot of dancing of course. Of singing. Some fighting, and a new puppy. You know, and a new puppy. And a new puppy. <laughs> Dolly Parton Holcomb. Love that. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Dolly Parton Holcomb. And Christmas. I'll yeah. let Ellie take the Christmas part of the question because she's basically Buddy the Elf in a sort of real life female version. <laughs> I do. I do love it so much. I just love Christmas. I love the traditions of Christmas. And we have a lot of those at our house. And the kids love it too. Started doing Advent with the Jesus mm. Storybook Bible, which is something awesome. that I just, they have little printable ornaments that you can color. So we read. Mm. Sally Lloyd Jones is a friend of mine. And she did not intend to do this, but from the very first story to the story of when Jesus was born, it's like basically 25 stories. Wow. And so it is like a perfect rhythm. We read that in the morning, the kids Aww. color ornaments. We put them on a little paper tree that's on our bathroom door downstairs. And it's been a really beautiful thing for me having kids is leaning into remembering the story that we're celebrating at Christmas. And, you know, as a parent, there's a lot of stories around Christmas that are fun and lovely and Santa and the elves and the reindeer and all of that. And so finding ways to tie in, I think, the most beautiful story that I know, the story of God coming near to His people, into the all the fun hullabaloo of Christmas that I love. I remember when they were really young, I used to be like, okay, so Santa brings presents to celebrate Jesus's birthday. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, That's so good. just trying to get to enjoy the magic and the yeah. wonder of just the traditions that surround Christmas, but also tying in this beautiful story that is our most treasured one. Mm. <laughs> so it's fun doing the both and. I'm a yes. both and person. And so I like all of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to you talk and I'm remembering, Sissy, do you remember when we did the interview with Amy Grant and the two of you had just done a project together, like the week that we did the interview. Oh yeah, the yes. Faithful Project. And we got into a conversation about you on the front side of that podcast. And she said, I will never forget this. She said, that girl is an explosion of love and light. And we all went, <laughs> yes. yes. Like they're so around sure the room. Did. Yes. yes. Like, never have truer words that. been spoken. Aww. Feels so true listening to you this morning. And Drew, I was thinking about you. I did a podcast recently with our mutual friend, Annie F. Downs, and we had just been to your birthday party at the Ryman. Oh, fun. Yeah. And on the podcast, we got to talking about the moment when you gave the guitar to the little boy in the audience. He saw this little boy and called him forward and said, 
Will you promise me you'll learn to play this and I want to give it to you? And oh, everybody wow, in the room Trey. was weeping and just <laughs> watching watching him and then watching you, like watching the joy mm. you were experiencing, like giving to that little guy. And so I just think feels like all the things we know to be true about the two of you in this room right now. Yes. While we're just so glad to share time with y'all. Well, we're glad to be here. You have this mythology about your own life and you try to lean into it without believing too much of the hype, you know. And so <laughs> especially as, as sort of public people, it's important to we just, you know, we we're laughing coming over here. We had this sort of disaster of a parenting morning. Oh yeah. <laughs> we wrestled our son. Literally into wrestling a kid into a, a car seat. For the first time. <laughs> I tend to laugh at that sort of thing. That's my sort of survival instinct. And Ellie's is to just like, you know, sob and laugh. But it sob is, but... sob first. And I'm just like, Yep, let's go to a parenting podcast. <laughs> Perfect timing. Y'all had hot tea for me. Sissy called him. She was like, are you guys okay? And I was like, well, teary, <laughs> but fine. But it is true. There is this, I do love to talk about the both. And mm. parenting is like my favorite thing that we've done together. Mm. And it is also one of the harder things yes. that we've done yes. together. But I remember watching when we became parents. Drew is like, a, you look at him, he's got a a beard, he, you know, you definitely smile and you have joy and stuff, but like your resting face is pretty serious. Like people yeah. don't want to mess with you a lot. And <laughs> so um, it was so fun when we had Emmy Lou that first morning that, you know, after we had her the night before, I woke up and Drew was just holding her, this, you know, kind of like more serious guy that I've mm. always known and been married to for six years. And he's holding her and he's like, Hey, little pumpkin. <laughs> and I was like, did you just say pumpkin? Like pumpkin? And he was like, I'll say whatever I want to my daughter. And I just, I was just like, oh, there is this, t I fell in love with him all over again, mm. watching him be a dad. And it happens mm. over and over again. We are really different. We parent pretty differently. We have different strengths. and Yeah. We Christmas very different. We Christmas also. differently. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Christmas music all year. And he's like, not until December. So we, anyway, we have compromises that we make, but it's been a really beautiful thing to do the both end of the heart together and the parenting together. I was mm. all teary when I got out this morning. He goes, he's fine. I was like, I know, but I just needed a good cry mm. first. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Well, you're in the right spot. Uh -huh. It's the Come As You Are podcast. So thankful for y'all. And laughing with you about how you Christmas different. You, Ellie, have a brand new project out that we are super excited yes, about. Yes, we are. Will you tell folks about it and what you hope people take from it? Absolutely. It was inspired last year. We were singing. We do every year. When I was nine years old, so I'm going to take it way back. When I was nine years old, I went to a chili carol sing. We only went one time as a family. It was just some musician friends of ours. So we had chili, the kids played hide and seek, and all of a sudden they called everybody into this big living room. We gathered around, they passed out these little song books, and they passed out instruments to kids and adults, just like little bells and shakers and stuff. And from one to 92, people started calling out songs that they loved, and we started singing together, the kids and the grandparents all together. And there was something in me as a little nine-year-old girl that came alive that mm. night. And I just thought, there was something in my bones. I'm like, we are supposed to sing together. We are made for this. We are made for this. I didn't know I was going to be a musician when I grew up, but we do that tradition now, usually Christmas Eve Eve, if we're not playing a Christmas show. Somewhere that week before Christmas, we gather neighborhood friends, 
put a basket of instruments in the center of the room. We have chili because that's what I had when I was nine. And we sing Christmas songs and it's a joyful noise. It does not sound like a professional, you know, music thing. It is just- Total um, chaos. It's absolute total (laughs) chaos. And now we'll add a dog to the mix of that. (laughs) But it is one of my favorite traditions. And so we were at that chili carol sing last year and we're singing joy to the world and we got to that line repeat repeat the sounding joy and i just thought well hey what does joy even sound like definitely that night sounds like joy to me but what does it mean to repeat the sounding joy so the book just kind of leans into that question what does joy sound like to you and ultimately points back to it's all the fun christmas tell them the title oh oh the book is sounding joy yeah (laughs) yeah that helps so the book sounding joy and my hope is that it would maybe become even a part of their christmas tradition that they Mm. would read it i have music going along with it And my hope is that it would be like a warm fire for families, kids from 1 to 92, to gather around each Christmas and to warm their hearts Mm. by the light and the love of Christ. And then to sing for the joy of it because of the Christmas story, we always have a reason to sing. Mm. And so I think we're going to do some free downloads of like a little book that we use, you know, so people could do their own chili carol night or whatever. They don't have to have chili, but that they could gather with the people that they love to sing Mm. for the joy of knowing that we don't have to do this life alone. Mm. So I'm really excited about it. I'm so excited too. It's fun. It ties a lot of the Christmas traditions that we do. It's all, there's hot chocolate, there's lights, there's animals in winter accessories on the pages. It's real whimsical, but it ties all of those Christmas traditions into that beautiful Christmas story that we get to remember every year during this season. You know, my little nephew, Henry, is three, and he knows two songs, and one of them is Sing. Oh, yes. And he loves to get in the car and sing it, and so it makes me so excited to get to sing Christmas carols with Henry and him get to learn. So thank you for bringing music into our family life, too. Sissy. We had a jam-packed weekend of speaking recently, didn't we? Yes, we did. We were in three states in two days. And we needed like half a dozen changes of clothes. (laughs) And doggone it, if you didn't have on a different pair of glasses almost every time. Yes, thanks to Pear Eyewear. With Pear Eyewear, you can switch up your look in a snap. Anytime with affordable base frames and customizable magnetic top frames in hundreds of styles. With Pear, you can break up the monotony without breaking the bank. Choose from a range of iconic base shapes starting at just $60, including prescription. Then choose from the hundreds of matching magnetic top frame designs that make it easy to switch up your look. And beyond helping you craft a style that's yours, Pear wants to do some good. Today, over 200 million children worldwide who need glasses can't get them. For every pair you buy, Pear provides glasses to a child in need. I love that. The new year is a fresh opportunity to redefine who you are. Experiment with who you can be in 2023 with Pear. Go to PearEyewear.com today and support our show with code RAISINGBOYSANDGIRLS. That's Pear. P-A-I-R, eyewear.com, code raising boys and girls. (music) 
and you have some Christmas music or at least a Christmas show that yeah. is part of where y'all intersect with all of that. Will you talk a little bit about a neighborly Christmas and what you hope people experience? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing these neighborly Christmas shows on and off for almost 15 years. Wow. They started out, we did the first one at the Belcourt Theater in 2006 or seven. I can't remember. Mm, yeah, 2007. And it was just really fun. People had a really good time. We had some special guests and we decided to keep it going. We even did a, like a whole tour one time. One year we joined up with Dave Barnes, did a co-headline Christmas tour together. Yeah. And now we've kind of settled into this rhythm of doing just one in my hometown of Memphis at, mm -hmm. at the Orpheum Theater. And then we do one at, uh, at the Skirmerhorn here in town at the Symphony Center. Since Ellie left the band in 2013, this Christmas show has been sort of an annual way that we get back on stage together. We've kind of taken sort of separate career paths since she left the band. And that's been great, but it's also fun to share the stage. We both love Christmas and in different ways. I tend to like the more sort of raucous Chuck Berry, you know, Wanda Jackson Christmas stuff. And mm -hmm. Ellie tends to have more of the sort of, you know, Amy Grant home for Christmas sentimentality, which those are both great places to be but it's a fun show because there's like a little An bit of intersection that and i also love the show because my band who i've been playing with for most of them for well over a decade some wow. of them almost two decades but they are really really good players mm. and these old classic songs just really like they have that's sort of the pocket it's just like all this old wonderful jazz stuff that we can't really perform without them so it's been really fun and i think we also play a lot of our original music as well, but it's become a tradition, I think, mm -hmm. for us and for a lot of people, and for our kids to see us on stage together. And Christmas is such a wonderful time. It's also sort of complicated because you, everybody's life is so busy and then you, everybody looks forward to the holidays like, oh, we're going to get to like rest and relax over the holidays. It's like, no, you're not. You're going to take your normal life and then you're going to add all of this other stuff That's on top so of the like yes. 19 different Christmas parties and concerts, <laughs> all the stuff, and everybody has to pick and choose. And all of a sudden, like December 28th comes around, you're like, I'm so exhausted. Yes. You know, but it also is really fun. And especially for our personality types, we tend to sort of, the majority of the time, sort of thrive in the chaos of it all. But mm. yeah, it's just a fun way to experience the season together. And yes, it's one of our traditions. And my favorite moment is Ellie always does Oh Holy Night, just her and Nathan Duggar, my guitar player, wow. around this old sort of vintage microphone, and it's pretty powerful mm. experience. So I get to be also just a fan, you know, side stage yeah. for a few moments. <laughs> yeah. And same for me and for the both andness of it. My favorite part is Drew does Run Run Ruan and half the time has a Santa hat on and ends up with two tambourines like going <laughs> crazy around the stage. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm married to that guy. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so it's good. a really... Important for your children to see you act a fool. Yes, yes. it is. That's yes. right. Yes. To play. Yes. And folks listening who've been thinking, I really need to come to Nashville mm. or go to see Memphis. Like we just gave you Two great reasons right there. there That's go. right. Both yeah. cities, catch these amazing folks. It is such a fun night. I love mm. that you all do that every year. Thank you. And speaking of Christmas, like, do you all have any favorite memories from growing up as kids yourself at Christmas? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot. I come from a really large family. That I'm one of 28 grandkids on my mother's side and grew up five doors down the street from my grandparents and my great-grandmother. She passed away when I was a junior in high school, so kind of my whole life she was around. And so we would wait for them to come over Christmas morning and then do all the things. We always slept on the floor in my parents' room, you know, waiting on Santa Claus. And 
I just love all those the little bitty things that you look back on and you think, well, that was, that was pretty magical. My favorite thing about growing up though is that switch that happens when it's all about what you're getting for Christmas until you're like somewhere between 10 and 18, depending on who you are. <laughs> but I remember realizing somewhere in the younger side of that, like, oh, this is actually just really cool to uh, get to be with family. And mm. yeah, and family has a lot of characters. One of my favorite memories from Christmas. <laughs> I'll edit it a little bit for audience, but I had a, an uncle who's no longer with us that um, was sort of a M- MIA most of my childhood. He was a, he sort of fought different addictions and stuff. And he, he had not seen him in like seven or eight years. And um, part of that time I found out later he had been, you know, spent some time behind bars. And so in that time, my dad had loaned him quite a good deal of money and he shows up one Christmas. We hadn't again. We hadn't seen him in like eight years. And he shows up at Christmas with a entire car full of presents. Now wow. this is notable because at the time I'd never received a single thing from him except for like a half burned cigarette. You know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in with all these presents, and we're open all these presents. Like, wow, he's so great. This is amazing. So he goes on the back porch to have a cigarette, and my dad goes out there with him. He tells me this later. He goes out there. And he's like, "What are you doing? Showing up on Christmas Day with all these presents when you owe me all this money?" You don't need to be buying my kids anything. Where have you been? We haven't seen you in years. And he goes, I didn't buy your kids anything. He's like, what are you talking about? You all these kids. He goes, I didn't buy them any of that stuff. I stole all that. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So the stolen car full of presents <laughs> is one of my. give them all back. Yeah. Dad, dad man, just give them to the Goodwill. He's like, y'all are not playing with stolen presents. <laughs> <laughs> man. That's amazing. What about you, Ellie? What are your favorite? I think one of my favorite Christmas memories, we have all kinds of traditions that I love, but the year that dad came back from London, so this is a little bit before the Christmas season, but it's still tied to Christmas season and to Amy. Mm -hmm. He played, there's this beautiful kind of Irish instrumental on Home for Christmas. And he came back from London our whole family, all five kids were in the car. We Can picked him up at the airport. Yeah. He produced the record. Oh yeah. Sorry. He produced the record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he produced Sammy's Christmas record. They recorded all the strings in London. So wow. with the with the London Symphony. And he we went to pick him up from the airport. And he said, Do y'all want to hear what I just captured over there for this Christmas record? I think you're really gonna love it. And we were all like, Yes, play it. And he played that instrumental and we all acted like we were riding on horses out in the in the west, just free. We were like, "This amazing, go faster!" And there was this one road right near our neighborhood where, if you drove fast enough, you got a little airborne over the road. And so we were like, "Go on the road, Dad! Go on the road!" So he went on that road, and I think we had him play that song probably twenty times, and he just kept driving around. We just kept—I mean, we just made circles, and I will never forget it. And I loved it so much. It's the song that. Drew Drew and I walked down the aisle too right after we were really? married. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, in, June. in June. Wow. In June. Yeah, we did not have a Christmas wedding, but we had a Christmas song that we walked out to. Aww. And so I just feel so honored that we get to play music because there's so much of the music that plays every year just around this time of year mm. is intertwined and intermingled with so many of the memories that we have yes. growing up and memories of people who we love who pass and mm. they remind us of those people. I know there's a lot of people at Christmas who feel the ache of 
their life not looking like they thought it would or the mm-hmm. ache of missing somebody who's passed. But a lot of times music can come up and bring comfort and hope and spark, bring you kind of back to that place that you were as a little kid mm-hmm. and to sweet memories. And so to get to be any part of doing anything like that for other people in the way that music has done that for me feels so humbling and such an honor. I love that you're looking at the both and of it too. Yeah. The joy and the grief and that they're mixed together and one leads into the other so often. Yep. David, we had a grandfather online tell us he bought an Explorer Bible for each of his grandkids and he was so excited to give it to them and go through it with them. I can't tell you how that makes me smile. Just the thought of a grandfather reading through the Word with his grandchildren. What a legacy. Yes. And you know what makes me smile even more? The thought of that sweet grandpa using a QR code to access the Explorer Bible's amazing interactive content. I bet his grandkids showed him how it's done. (laughs) But not only does the Explorer Bible have incredible online content to go along with your reading, there are so many features right in the Bible itself. Yes, like the full-color designs, which make a full-text Bible come to life for kids, as well as fun facts built right into the pages, timelines, maps, photos, and more. There is still time to buy and explore Bible for kids to give as a meaningful Christmas gift for your own kids or grandkids. You can build a legacy just like this sweet grandfather we heard from. That's right. All you have to do is go to LifeWay.com right now and choose from the many Explore Bible editions. There's a fun leather design and a colorful hardcover, something for every unique child in your life. Buy yours today at LifeWay.com and use code RBG to get 50% off. That's half off this incredible Bible. Grab it today and mark a few gifts off your gift list. This season of our podcast is about raising emotionally strong and worry-free kids. Ooh, love it. So if y'all were going to think about, each of you, a story from growing up under that umbrella that has kind of helped shape who you are, mm. what would a story be? My dad had very creative discipline tactics. <laughs> and so I'm not sure it made me worry-free, but there was clarity on what was acceptable and what was not. And so that created a lot of stability for me as a kid. But a few of the more memorable ones were my dad was a dentist and I hated brushing my teeth, which was sort of a complicated combination. (laughs) And so I never forget one time, this was pretty gross, but I had not brushed my teeth in a long time, a couple days, weeks, maybe, I don't know, pretended (laughs) like I'd brushed them, you know? Mm -hmm. He's like, let me see your teeth. And he's like, your teeth are disgusting. I was like, yes, sir. And he's like, have you been brushing your teeth? And I was like, not really. So he goes, he goes, come back to my room. And he gets his like dental tools and a saltine cracker. And he scrapes my teeth, puts it on a cracker, and makes me eat it. <laughs> <laughs> David's brush- about to throw up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did you brush your teeth? I, I, I learned that was a one and done punishment. I never, <laughs> never again not brush my wow. teeth again. Then another one, he had a big thing about making the bed. He just had an expectation you're going to make your bed every morning. And the rule was, if you didn't make your bed, when you got home from school, you had to take off your dirty socks and put them in your mouth for a minute. So the beds got made also. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then as I got older, the big punishment was always like physical activity. Like, okay, drop and give me 50 push-ups. And if you stop, then you got to start over. 
So it's like, you know, run around the block. So there was just a little bit of always a curveball he tried to make. I mean, there was plenty of punishments that weren't funny at all that really got the point across in other ways. Yes. He was pretty creative with that. You had good boundaries. We had good boundaries. Yeah, you knew the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Brush your teeth and make your bed. Yes. That is some creative. (laughs) This one for sure. I was trying to think of how that was like a natural or logical consequence. And the, yeah, the cracker makes sense. Yeah. In a horrible yeah. way. The bed making one didn't connect. He just hated feet. And so that was his way of like, he thought it was really terrible <laughs> for himself, which he would never have done. So he made it for us. Amazing. This is for older girls. I was in ninth grade and I think Tina Fey and Bossy Pants asked people, when did you know that you were a woman? And mm. I thought that was such a great question. Mm. It's one that I ask people a lot now. Mm. And a lot of people answer something negative. But for me, I think back to this story of my mom. We went to McClure's, which was our local department store, because I needed new pants for school. I was always the smallest one in my class, super late bloomer. So I just was tiny. And that had sort of become, I guess, a part of, I didn't know this, but I think I had sort of identified myself as like, I'm small and that's who I am. And not in a weird way, but just like everybody always commented about it. So I'm like, yeah. So I'd always been like size zero, you know, and I went and tried on some new jeans and I couldn't button the zero pants. And I walked out and immediately just started, you know, all the stories that girls start telling themselves. Mm. I mean, I... I'm too big. I'm not who I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be little. And I came out and that was all on my face. My eyes were welling up with tears. And my mom just so lovingly looked at me and she said, oh, baby. She said, this is amazing. She goes, you know what? Reason you can't button those pants is because you're becoming a woman. And there are going to be straight parts of you and there are going to be curvy parts of you. And every straight part and every curvy part is absolutely beautiful. Mm. And so I'm going to go get you the next size up in pants. And these are going to be your I'm a woman pants. And I, y'all, I walked out of McClure's up day wearing a size two pair of pants being like, I am a woman (laughs) and I am beautiful. That was a major moment for me where I think she steered what could have gone into some pretty dark places. Mm. She pushed me towards the light Mm. and spoke truth Mm. into me. And I will be forever grateful for that. Mm. Yes. I've got to tell one other story about my parents that I really love. You know, a lot of parents obsess over report cards and things like that. And my favorite thing about my parents was when we would get our report card, my dad would get a piece of paper and he would cover up the academic performance and look at the conduct. And so if the conduct was in line, you know, all satisfactory, then he would just look up at me and ask me a question. Did you work hard in your schoolwork? And I said, say, yes, sir. And he said, great. And he would sign it without looking at the academics and hand it back to me. Mm. And I'll never forget in eighth grade. One time I had all satisfactories, except for in math class, I had a U and then he pulled it back and I had a C minus in the class. And he's like, yeah, if this doesn't become an S and this becomes an A by the next time, then you're going to be like whatever grounded for a month or we're going to have some consequences. You're going to dirty you socks in your, in your mouth for a week, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but I just love that because it was this expectation wow. of who you are is better than what you know. Mm. And so if you promise me that you're working hard and you have satisfactory behavior, I don't need to see the particulars of your performance, mm. which was cool. Mm. You gave me, Thank you, you know, for sharing that. Yeah, yes. That's so important. It's so yeah. rich. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. He's spoken at a couple of, like, the day that Emily was born, he actually spoke at Oak Hill to the dad's Aww. breakfast club. And 
I'll never forget it. He said, okay, I want all the dads in the room who have daughters. I want you to name character qualities that you want in your Mm. daughter's husbands. And so, you know, patience, hardworking, courage, brave, kind, generosity, faith, endurance, you know, and he's like, okay, awesome. All right, all of you sons who are going to have wives one day, what character qualities do you want in your wives? Mm. Patient, kind, gentle, loving, faithful, all of these things. And he goes, you know, it's so interesting. He goes, not one person said honor student. Mm. Not one person said, oh, starts on the football team. Not one person said, you know, got a scholarship in college. So he was like, I just want to encourage you to be spending the time that you have cultivating these things that you named and what you want for your children's spouses and in your own children. Cultivate these things. We spend so much time hauling them to practices and that's all good and well. And you can learn a lot of these things in sports and school and everything, but let's get our priorities straight. So I love that. You know, he's still speaking that, but he He really lived lived that that with with all of you. Like your priority is your character, your heart, tending to that. I'm so grateful for the way that y'all help us and so many other people tend to the truest parts of ourselves, the deepest parts of ourselves. I'm really grateful for y'all for that. Very often listening to (laughs) this very podcast. (laughs) Oh, we can't wait for people to hear what y'all are sharing right now. Thing. So good. I know. <laughs> so good. If you were to jump from growing up till now, so thinking about yourselves as adults and parents yourselves, like what would you say is something in this season of your life that helps you be emotionally strong or worry-free? Mm. For me, it's friendship. It's my peers, the other parents who are sort of in the season with us that we can get together with and laugh and share the ridiculousness of it all. And there's a lot of things that I'm grateful for, but I've got really great friendships. And whether it's parenting or difficulty with work or even difficulty with family stuff or even marriage, marriage, having really close friends, I think, especially for men, seems to be something that is unique. I don't find a lot of peers that have that same sort of closeness with their friends. That's something I'm really grateful that my peers and I have cultivated. And I think it gives me a lot of stability and it gives me a place to walk out the worry and the fear and the shame and the anger as an aid. That's one of my keystones in my life. So Mm. I'm just really grateful for the friendships that I have. It really my whole life, but especially in this particular season. I'm so grateful. We are not meant to do this life alone. Mm. I know that's part of the community that you cultivate. Even Mm. on this podcast, you hear other parents speak, you hear y'all speak and you're like, I'm not the only one who has a hard time with this. And so that is just such a gift. But I would say two things. One, I am a seven. I don't like pain. But I have learned that when you enter into the pain of your own story and then of your kids' stories, I think so much of my parenting at the beginning, I just didn't want them to hurt you just don't want your kids to hurt. It like breaks your heart. So while I was crying this morning, I'm like, my son didn't want to get in the car seat. He was so sad to see me leave. I'm like, no, I don't want you to hurt everybody. But I think the the most surprising turn of events is that as I've sat with my kids and their sadness and their worry and and 
you know, pushed them back to the light, spoken truth in those places. When I am able to enter into those places with them, it actually begets more belovedness, more mm. belonging for myself as a parent to like, I'm not going to be able to fix everything for you. This world is heavy sometimes. It's hard and it's okay to be sad and to feel that. And the sadness doesn't get the final word. Yeah. Like that's not the end of the story. And so there has been a deepening and an expansion in me as I've learned to sit with the pain in my own story. And then it's enabled me to sit with the pain in my kids' stories mm. and to just be with them there and then to also point them to the light. And so I think the closeness and the bond that's happened with my kids and I when I've been able to do that has been amazing. And it doesn't always happen. Sometimes I'm like, mm. stop crying. We have to go. You know, there are times for that too. But I, that feels like the great surprise to me. And then I would say the second thing that gives me a lot of comfort and peace as a parent, I was telling my spiritual director the other day, that there sometimes I have a lot of fear. And so I do not want to parent out of fear. I don't want to do that. And yet there are times, and fear is good sometimes, I know. Like it's like, hey, that's not safe. We need to draw some boundaries. But for fear to drive, that's not what I want as a parent. And so she said, I wonder if when you feel afraid for your kids, of something that you're playing out in the future, you know, what if this never changes in their character or whatever? She says, I wonder if you could sit with Jesus and hold your kid in front of Jesus and wonder about that character trait with him. Mm. I wonder why you made them like that, Lord. Why did you make her so stubborn? Mm. Why did you make him so wild? And why does he love, you know, wrestling so much? Why did you make him so physical? What are the good things that you put in? What are you going to use that for, God? And so I think when I can get my kids and myself, remember that I'm God's kid, back into his presence I remember that I'm beloved even when I fail as a parent, even when I make mistakes. And then in that remembering of my belovedness, even in my mistakes, I'm able to then go speak that and offer that grace and good mm. news to my kids. Mm. So, so grateful for that. Yes. We don't yes. have to get it right, and we won't. And it's been really beautiful for both of our parents to see one of the most freeing things has been they have apologized to us for the stuff. They're like, man, I am so sorry. I did not get that right. And the amount of relief that that gives to me and permission that that has given to me, of course, we're going to strive to get it right. That's the, the very thing that I want to get right more than anything in the world is loving our babies. But we're human, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. it's been really beautiful to be able to, even now when I'm like, oh, mommy lost her patience. And I'm asking Jesus for forgiveness. I'm asking you for forgiveness. I needed to take some time out and to take some more deep breaths before we had that conversation. I'm so sorry. And to see what that creates in them, a freedom to fail, a freedom to say, I'm sorry, a freedom to turn around and walk it back and try again. And thank never, goodness. I never lose my patience. So. Yeah, never, babes. Yeah, that's only me. That's only me. <laughs> mm. Yes, I love that. And we know and experience more joy because of all of it, because of all of it coming together and the failure and the hope and the light. And It's true. Yeah. It's a mystery to me. Yeah, I can't it believe a mystery. it. But, it yeah. but I can attest to it. It's true. Enter into the sadness. Yes. Say you're sorry. There's joy on the other side yes. of that. Yes. And you're going to sing about it. Yes. Okay, we like to end with something fun and food related. I love that. For both of you, queso or guac. And then what's your favorite taco? Queso, but with a caveat. I like it cold. 
Really? Okay. What? Rue. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a Memphis thing. Huh. Poncho's um, so glad cold I queso. Yeah. I supremely prefer it hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing you're not the queen because I get That's to true. eat it cold <laughs> if I want to. Both am, baby. Both am. And then my favorite taco is Moss Tacos over in East Nashville. Mm. Mm, so good. Good ones. I'm going to say guac with lots of lime, mm. even though I really do love queso too. Together is even better. But mm. if I had to choose between one, I'd choose guacamole. And then favorite taco, I'd probably say ladybird. It is so good. It is and so it's her friend, Gabe Scott. And I'm so proud of him and love mm. every time that I get to eat there. So. And will y'all tell folks where they can find you, where they can get this album and book, where they yeah. can go get tickets for Neighborly Christmas and drive across the country, wherever they have yeah, to, yeah. to yeah. go, yeah. all the things. Yeah. 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 Both our websites are probably the most commonplace, ellieholcomb.com, drewholcomb.com. It's H O L, comb your hair. That's oh, how you right. spell it, C O M B. Yeah, we're on all the things. Well, I'm not, we're not on all the things. I'm not on uh, TikTok because I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we're on, we're on Instagram and oh, Twitter man. and wherever else people find their connections. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And tell me in your book is. Oh, like, yeah. My book is really Amazon. You can get it. It's probably the easiest place, but it's at a lot of local bookstores. So I love mm-hmm. to say like, go check. And then if it's not there, ask them to bring it. We'll send it. And ellieholcomb.com. You can find it there too. We have some really fun packages too. There's a little hedgehog in the book and we've named her Hope and she has a little Santa hat on. So you can also get like the book and a little hedgehog who's in the book. And that has been a big win for my three-year-old. He wants to do all the things that Hope is doing in the book in real life in her house. So we've like, (laughs) Hope is sledding one time and she's in the air and he's like, let's throw Hope just like the sled in the book. And so that's been a really fun addition. I've never had a stuffed animal before. There's a little tag on it that says Ellie Holcomb. That's kind of, wow. yeah. It's my first. It's my first. I always wanted to be a hedgehog. I always wanted to be a hedgehog. <laughs> they are really cute. <laughs> and this is the song of the book. I imagine singing this song, and when I get to the chorus, every single time I want to throw either snow or confetti <laughs> in the air. It has been so much fun to sing this. There are kids singing on the record too, and it embodies to me a lot of what of what Christmas is, which is we have a reason to sing. We have a reason to hope. We have a reason to be joyful and to rejoice. So this is Sounding Joy. Oh yeah, and I should say this. This is like the song of the book. So it's pretty much the book. Uh, there's a couple extra parts, extra specials in the book, but this is this is pretty much straight. When I write the book, I always sing. So in my editing process, I'm like, ooh, that chorus is too long. I gotta cut this line out. So this is Sounding Joy. What does joy sound like? Is it quiet like snow? Does joy sound like the laughter of friends that you know? Is joy like the sound of a kiss on your cheek? Or like holding your breath when you play hide and seek? Maybe joy sounds real loud like a hip hip hooray Or a whispered I'll at the end of the day Well, joy sounds a little like all of these things But a long time ago Joy sounded like wings Sounding joy Oh, joy Oh, joy 
on a dark winter's night The sky filled with angels all shining with light And suddenly the shepherds and sheep down below Were surrounded by songs from that heavenly host Glad tidings, great joy, we are never alone Cause God sent his son to make heaven our home Christmas, each girl and each boy could lift up their voice and repeat Sound and joy, oh joy, oh joy, oh Sound and joy, oh joy, oh joy, oh So every Christmas we string up lights to remember the way that those angels shone bright and we sing all the songs and we bang all the drums to remember the day that God sent his son glad tidings great joy we are never alone Cause God sent his son to make heaven our home so every Christmas each girl and each boy could lift up their voice and It's so fun to hear kids just be like, yes. (laughs) So I look forward to singing along with lots of families and kids and adults, hopefully this Christmas. Yes. We might have to sing it at Hopetown on Christmas. They still sing Fear Not. Yes. I love that so much. Feels like joy. Feels like joy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Yeah. You too. We'll that's, never know how grateful we are for yes. you doing this with us. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Oh, absolutely. Us. And your honesty. And yeah. Absolutely. So. We love it. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone. <laughs> it's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.